You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Serving as a church creative can be super lonely. That's why relationships are so important. Thanks for joining me this week on the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast. This week, I want to talk about relationships. I want to talk about how we can put ourselves in relationship with other people that understand us, that can speak truth into our lives, that can challenge us when we need it, or that can encourage us when we need it. Relationships for me were one of the hardest things to find serving as a creative in the church. A part of the reason why is because there just aren't a lot of people that are working as creatives serving the church. If you have a very, very large church that you work at, there's potential that there are other creatives on staff with you. But most likely, they're not peers of yours. There's a hierarchy. Maybe they report to you. Maybe you report to them. But it's hard to develop a wide variety of relationships as a creative, even on a large team. So what I want to share today is seven different things that I personally have seen to be important and effective in my own life or that I have learned by watching others and hearing from others as they have found success building relationships themselves. Like I said, this was the hardest part for me serving in ministry by a long shot. I regularly found myself feeling lonely and isolated serving in the trenches of ministry. So I hope that these things will help you as maybe you're wrestling with similar things. The first thing I'm a big advocate for is finding somebody inside the organization that you can talk to. Now, you may be on a small staff and you may not have the luxury of choosing between a variety of people, but if it's possible to find somebody that is serving in the context of your organization, it becomes very helpful on a couple different layers. The first is that you don't have to do a lot of work explaining the context of the situation that you're talking about. So let's say leadership makes a decision. It's difficult for you in communications or productions or whatever creative venture you're involved in. You don't have to do this huge essay with all of the backstory. Well, this is how this person reports to this person. and This is how this decision will ultimately impact. You can just say, man, this decision is really hard for me. It's going to be a ton of extra work for us. And the person that you're talking to will get it. They'll understand the nature of what you're talking about. The other side of this coin is that you're also going to have somebody who can co-labor with you toward making the organization better. I say that because that's actually a filter that you need to apply when it comes to who this person should be in your life. If you go and complain with people and all they do is complain back at you or say, yeah, that's right, leadership's dumb, that's not a helpful relationship for you. In fact, that's going to put you in the position to become a hub of toxicity for your organization. This is why I work with creative teams in particular. We have a real bent toward making organizations unhealthy when we don't deal with problems or disagreements in a good way. I was very blessed to have a friend that I worked with for many years. And when I would go and share frustrations with him, he would always challenge me as I would him. Okay, this is frustrating. This isn't an ideal situation. I don't agree with this decision. So where do we go from here? How do we work together to try to make this as good as possible? Is there something I can do to help you? Is there a way that you can help me? What does this look like for us knowing that this isn't the ideal situation? That's the benefit of a great person to invest in and to be in relationship with on your staff team. The second thing I would recommend is similar, except it's the opposite. 
find someone who is not inside your organization. This is helpful because a lot of times the internal problems of your organization feel catastrophic. But when you talk to somebody outside the organization, they'll look at it and they'll say, this isn't really a big deal. I don't understand why that's bothering you so much. Oh, well, that's good to hear. And then they'll share some of the frustrations or the challenges in their world. And you'll say, I'm kind of glad that I'm working in the place I'm working at. So you're getting this new perspective from the outside. It's really dangerous for us to only get internal information or to only have all of our conversations be internal. This is what forms a bubble. This is actually a challenge for a lot of Christ followers who have followed Jesus for a long time. All of our relationships have become other Christians. And so we're no longer effective at reaching a lost world. So the the Great Commission is a little bit lost on us in the sense that we don't go because the people that we're with are already Christ followers, and I guess everything's just about discipleship. Well, yes, discipleship is important, absolutely, but so is evangelism. So it's this weird tension that we run into. The same is true if you're only listening to voices inside your organization. It's really valuable to hear input from those who are on the outside. The third thing that I would recommend doing in order to cultivate relationships is to look at churches nearby. The reality is that even though communities are made up of different demographics, different age ranges, different industries, and each church will have a little bit of a different bent toward reaching that group of people, if you're all reaching the same community, same city, same area, there's a good chance that you're going to understand each other at a pretty deep level. So look for churches in your area ideally ones that already have creatives on the team, and build relationships with them. Bring them over to your office and give them a tour. Go ask to see a tour of their facility and get to know a little bit of what they do. Go out to lunch with them. Maybe have a lunch and learn type of thing where you pull up a video, maybe one of these podcasts, watch it, and then talk about it. Have a little bit of a dialogue that's going on between you and this other church or multiple churches. Begin fostering that relationship just purely based out of proximity shoot them an email. I did this actually when we moved to central Pennsylvania. 40 years of my life was spent in Southern California. All of my church connections were in Southern California. Here we are moving 2,600 miles away. Well, one of the first things that I did is look at the local landscape of churches. And so one church in particular, I reached out and I said, hey, I help churches build healthy, creative teams. I'd love to learn from you to hear what you're doing, to see what works. And they're like, great, we'd love to have you. So I made a connection just by essentially cold calling an organization to say, I'd love to connect with you guys and get to know how you do ministry, creative ministry specifically, but how you do it. That is a great way for you to begin finding relationships. The fourth thing I'd recommend is if you're in a denomination or in an association of churches, connect there. We were a non-denominational church, so we were not tied to a denomination. We were, however, tied to an association of churches. They're very similar. There's all these nuances as to how they're different. Essentially, what it means is we have a relationship with other churches. One of the most compelling and impactful situations that I found myself in as a church communications leader was going to an event that was put on by our executive pastor. So our executive pastor mentored pastors at multiple churches. And he brought together the whole staffs of these different organizations. And so you have this team of like 15 people. They're all facilities managers. And then you have this other one over here. They're all student ministries people and kids ministry, et cetera. So I obviously sat at the communications table and I'm looking around the room at all these different ministry leaders. And I'm thinking to myself, this is so cool that we get to connect with each other. And then I'm looking around the table that I'm sitting at and I'm thinking to myself, there's a lot of young people at this table 
I want to hear how they're doing what they're doing. I learned so much from this group of people. I actually went home that night and redesigned our bulletin because I learned so much just in that conversation, hearing from these other ministry leaders. What's the point of your bulletin? What are your goals? What are you trying to communicate? Okay, I noticed this isn't in here. Where does that show up? Does it show up anywhere? Is it important? A lot of those ideas so helpful to be presented to me and to be shared with me. And the only reason that happened is because we were building community and building relationship. The next year was right around when I quit my job. So you've heard, hopefully, the podcast episodes recently about burnout and about that whole series. So the fake quit, as I like to call it, I was approaching that period where I was just, I was done. I was fried. And I remember sitting in this room with a bunch of other creatives and I was facilitating the conversation. One of them said, I'm not even a communications person. I was an administrative assistant and I did children's ministry. And now they have me in communications because the church is growing. I'm the only one who could sort of do enough. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, man, she's got some challenges ahead of her, but what a great group of people to be encouraging her. At the end of the conversation, a couple of them came up to me and they said, hey, Matt, we can just tell that you're really burdened right now. Can we pray for you? Like the level of impact that that had on me was profound. I didn't have that happen to me when I'm sitting at my desk. I didn't have that happen to me when I'm you know, trying to redesign the bulletin. <laughs> that, that wasn't where those moments happened. Those moments happened because the group of people in that room have walked the same path that I've walked They've carried the same burdens that I was carrying, and they are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in their lives to say, hey, we have a brother who is, he's down right now. We need to encourage him. What's interesting is I didn't even say anything about it, but just, they could just tell that I was struggling. And I was so thankful to get that encouragement. That was so meaningful to me. And again, it only happened because I was there present in the midst of this group of people because of these relationships that our executive pastor had facilitated or nurtured over the years, and we got to participate in them. So find somebody in your denomination, find somebody in your association of churches, ask one of the pastors on your team, hey, who is it that you're connected to? What are the churches where you have relationships? I would love to reach out to see if I can connect with some of the creatives on their team. The fifth thing that I'm a big fan of, conferences and cohorts. Now, each of these represent an extreme. Conferences are these mega gatherings. These are phenomenal ways for you to learn tactics, to learn strategy, in some cases, learn mindset and be able to posture yourself correctly as you're approaching what you're doing. But it's also a great way for you to begin connecting with large groups. You have a lot of people in a room and you can meet a lot of individual church communications people, productions people, worship people, whatever the focus of the conference is, whatever your proficiency is that you bring to the table, you're able to connect with people in that space. Now, all the way on the other end of that spectrum is cohorts. You know I have a creative leadership cohort. If you don't, you now know that I have a creative leadership cohort. It is designed for a very small group of people. I don't want these bigger than seven people at a time. So it's a very small group of people that go through seven weeks together. We talk about very specific challenges in ministry. In the one that I lead, we're talking about leadership as a creative. And so we go through different things. We talk about how do we lead ourselves. We talk about how do we lead through systems. We talk about a whole lot of different stuff, but we're doing it together. It's not a matter of Matt has the mic and so join the Matt show. 
This is all of you all in this conversation. You're all going to be contributing to one another's well-being and situations. What I'm seeing as I walk through this process with the current group, we wrap up actually this week, I'm seeing church leaders from across the country, literally one in California, one in Texas, one in Florida, and then me facilitating it all in Pennsylvania. And this group of people is leaning in. I'm learning things from them. They're learning things from me. We're all learning things from each other. And it's a beautiful picture of what it looks like to be in community. Now, my hope, I can't govern these things or guarantee them, but my hope is that this is the beginning of a relationship now with this group of people. I know for me, every time I see their names pop up on social media answering questions, I'm like, I'm leaning in. I'm super excited. I want to help this person because we have a history and we have a relationship. So obviously, I'm a very big fan of cohorts. It's why I have one. It's why I would love for you to sign up for one and to participate. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You can go to lunchtimeheroes.co and you can find all the information that you need. But really, these are not just information dumps. These really are designed to be the beginning of meaningful relationships formed with other creatives that are serving in church ministry. So I'm a big advocate for that. I don't think that conferences are bad. I think that they are actually also fantastic opportunities. I know practically speaking, usually creatives don't have enough in their development fund, if they even have one, to be able to do both of those things in one year. To me, it's kind of a both over the stretch of time kind of a solution. Find a cohort, find a conference that you think will be a good next step for you and start there. The sixth place I would recommend you go to begin cultivating some of these relationships is social media. Specifically, I would recommend Facebook. Facebook has a lot of really compelling groups when it comes to creativity in the church. There's church communications groups, there's productions groups, there's general church creatives groups. There's one in particular that I'm a really big fan of, the Accidental Church Communicator. Huge fan, been part of their group. I love the authenticity of those who are in the group. I love the pursuit of getting better and growing. There's just a lot to like. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes and in the description for the YouTube video. But you can go and join those groups and you begin to hear the other problems that creatives face. You begin to connect with different people. You'll find that some people are very vocal. Some people are posting often. And that is the beginning of getting to know some of the people that are serving in our space. The other thing that I love about this is that you begin to see issues that are very common to your own experience. I know for me as a business that is trying to help creative teams get healthy, when I see somebody struggling or I see somebody expressing frustration, that is my cue to lean in and try to help. That's exactly who I'm trying to reach with what I'm doing through Lunchtime Heroes. And so for you, those are going to be catalysts to entry points to the relationship. Hey, I saw your post on Facebook in this group. Sorry that you're going through it. I'm praying for you. Let me know if there's any way I can be helpful or if you need a sounding board. It's a great way for us to begin prompting relationship amongst each other when it comes to serving in similar spaces. And then the last thing that I want to recommend is something that's relatively new. I don't actually know where it's going to go over the long haul, but it's called the Church Creatives Network. I've been having conversations with some of the people who are building this. And their ambition is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. They, they want to bring the Capital C Church together with creatives from all over the place. And they want to do it in a way that presents the local expression of the creative in a region. So what that means is Lunchtime Heroes has a section or a page or whatever you want to call it. And we can talk about leadership in that little area. 
But really how this whole thing is built out is through regional hubs. So the city that I live in is called Enola. It's Enola, Pennsylvania, alone spelled backwards, which is weird, but a fun fact. (laughs) You can go onto this platform and you can actually find other creatives that are in that area. So what I love about this tool is that it's not just sort of like the broad mass that Facebook is. Again, still value there, still invest in those groups. But this is trying to take this huge tapestry of church creatives and put them together in a way that reveals the locals, <laughs> reveals the people who are nearby. So like I've said, this is just starting out. It's new. But I've already connected with people who either did live in this area or are still in this area as church creatives. There's no way I would have found these people had it not been for this network. So already I am extremely excited to see where this goes and the impact that this has for you, the individual creative serving your church. I'm going to put a link to this one as well, show notes and description on YouTube, but it is a community that is really in the early stages. And I think participating in this is going to be a really great experience. So the link that I'm sharing is a link to join my specific group within this network, which is the Lunchtime Heroes group. But when you do that, you're also joining the entire ecosystem of all of the things. Right now, it's particularly heavy on the productions side. Many of the people that are really leading the charge come from the worship and productions side of things. But even as we've had these conversations early on, we've talked a lot about church communications. We've talked a lot about just the breadth that is in the church creative space. And so even in that conversation, they're kind of broadening their view of what this can be. So I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a fantastic community with a ton of value, not just from a transactional point of view, not just like, oh, I got information that's interesting. But I mean as a mechanism to drive meaningful relationships for creative serving the church. And that's really what this is about. That's what this whole episode is covering. Because without these relationships, there's a really good chance that we're not going to make it. Working in the church is hard. It's a really challenging space to be. And that's okay. Because the body of Christ is pretty incredible. And as we lean in, and as we share each other's burdens, and as we model, not just for each other, but even for the world, what it looks like for us to love one another, for us to find unity, that's a beautiful thing. And I want that for you, not just because it's a beautiful thing, but also because it's going to add longevity to your ministry. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.